You're back to Pity Meal Physical Therapy Podcast. This is episode 56. Just in time for the Valentine's weekend, we are going to talk about the heart. Today, we are going to talk about cardiac rehabilitation. My guest is an alumnus of the University of Santo Tomas, a member of the Philippine Physical Therapy Association Board of Directors, a cardiac rehabilitation physical therapist, the chief physical therapist of the cardiac rehabilitation section of the Philippine Heart Center, Mr. Arthur Benedict King, so, in our conversation, we discussed what cardiac rehabilitation is, the phases of cardiac rehabilitation, common conditions seen in cardiac rehab, and the challenges and lessons he learned and passed on to his students. So, kind of let's take a listen. So, here's another episode of Speaking Meal, physical therapy podcast, here serving insights, information, and inspiration from the experience and expertise of Filipino physical therapists. As your host, so welcome to the show. So, in previous episodes, we've talked about some of the different fields and specialties physical therapists can go into, and today we are going to uh, talk to, uh, about another field which is cardiac physical therapy or cardiac rehabilitation. And to guide us through the conversation is the chief physical therapist at the Heart, Philippine Heart Center Cardiac Rehabilitation Section, Arthur Benedict King. So, welcome to the show, Sir Art. Hello, hello. Nice to be here. It's my pleasure to have you here, Sir Art. Um, so, uh, I've had a lot of uh, fun memories uh, at CREP when I was an intern there. It was where I felt... Glad to hear. What's that, Sir? It was fun memories. Fun, yeah, fun <laughs> memories. Because it was there when I experienced like doctors would really ask me kung, kung what happened to the patient yesterday ano na siya dun sa protocol so I really enjoyed my 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 stint <laughs> my rotation there in in, in in cardiac rehab so but before we dive into the topic so could you give us a little background on, on how you started your physical therapy journey up to what led you to where you are now well, I was really hoping to go to medicine, to medical school. And I was asking around, looking for a good pre-med course. And uh, somebody suggested, why not try PT? And so I did. <laughs> and uh, luckily enough, I got into USD. And I learned a lot, so much so that even though... I never, uh, I decided not to pursue medicine. I found myself in a career that I really enjoyed and loved. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was, I guess, I, I look old enough to be <laughs> somebody who graduated in the early 2000s. So 2003, about 2003, I've been practicing as a PT for uh, 15 years. And how did I uh, end up in cardiac rehab? It was a funny story because uh, one of my, like, I had fond memories when I rotated at the Philippine Heart Center cardiac rehabilitation section. And it was a lucky coincidence that, well, a happy coincidence that there was an opening right around the time when I was looking for a job. Oh. Because uh, back then, uh, there was just one uh, slot for PT here. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we have five, including me, 
so you know, hopefully, a lot more people will be able to experience uh, the practice. But me, so I it, it was a happy coincidence that there was an opening. Uh, when I graduated, I applied, and uh, they took a chance on me, and here I am still. Yeah. So let's now go to um, what cardiac rehab is and what are the role uh, roles of physical therapists in in cardiac rehabilitation. Whenever I ask to define uh-huh. uh, what cardiac rehabilitation is, mm-hmm. I find myself going to the definition that. Uh, PHA, Philippine Heart Association, Council on Cardiac Rehab came up with in 2005. Uh, I was actually there when they were finalizing the, the definition. It, it was a good mix of people. Uh, and, well, one of the, uh, what the, the definition they came up with was the cardiac rehab is a comprehensive process. So three keywords here, comprehensive process. Uh, by which patients with a risk of cardiovascular disease uh, with the help of a multidisciplinary team. So that's the second keyword, multidisciplinary team. Uh, restores and maintains the patient at their optimal well-being. And of course, uh, optimal well-being is part of rehab. So comprehensive, basically, uh, we start from the day after cardiac event or surgery and sometimes if if at all possible if you the patient goes to you early enough you can even start before surgery you know just to prep the patient uh get them ready for for the surgery but uh it depends uh just some patients benefit from that some patients uh might might be more cost efficient to just wait after the surgery and then uh, one of the targets is not just, of course, cardiac patients are targets, but patients with uh, risk factors, uh, high, high risk for cardiovascular diseases, it might be a good idea to you know, get them started, control the risk factors, and prevent uh, cardiac event, prevent the surgery down the road. And I think one of the things that you were mentioning earlier was the collaboration between different members of the dis- different disciplines. Uh, well, of course, the most common is uh, us working with uh, the cardiologists and the nurses, but we also work with uh, dietitians, pharmacists, social workers, and if available, uh, psychologists and even clergy. So it's a holistic approach because uh, a patient has a holistic uh, white plethora of needs after surgery. Uh, you can just imagine wondering whether you'll be able to go back to work. Uh, whether you'll be able to adjust uh, back into the community, back at home, uh, just things like that. And I think uh, the goal of a cardiac rehab team is not just to get them ready to go back home and to go back to work later on, but to help them adjust as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, optimal well-being. We all know that pre-morbid function if possible, or even better, if you know, because sometimes uh, some patients uh, are better in for a few weeks, few months prior to the surgery or prior to cardiac rehab, and maybe sometimes in that in those cases, you get them back to a better position than they were uh, before cardiac rehab. Mm-hmm. So, pretty long definition, but I, I think that hopefully captures it. Mm-hmm. 
And and what are the specific roles? Santa pasok ang physical therapist sa sa cardiac rehab. There are five components uh, of a good program: mm-hmm. uh, exercise training, health education, um, psychosocial intervention, risk factor modification, and risk stratification. So, well, for the most part, we are mostly in charge of the exercise training. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's not all. We are also part of that education. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, 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 more and more these, these days, uh, other healthcare professionals understand uh, how diverse the things that we study back in school mm-hmm. are. So we, we are given the opportunity to, to conduct health education. But uh, when I was starting, uh, there were a confusion, a confusion, I guess, on what what we actually do and what we know. So uh, you have to do a lot of things to prove that uh, you're capable of <laughs> not just teaching exercise. Right. And then, of course, uh, we're also part of the risk factor modification, depending on uh, usually the activities, the uh, movement after surgery or after an event, just you know, guiding them so that they can go back to their usual function. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's mostly the part of the PT. And just, you know, uh, depending on the setup, I some setups, well, mostly in the other countries, is the nurse who liaises with uh, different members of the team. Uh, but I think it, the, the PT can do that as well because... Uh, there are more PPs doing rehab than nurses because, mm-hmm. you know, especially here, uh, it's it's really not as much a part of their training as it is elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so you're talking about case managing a uh, patient. Yeah. Uh, yes. And um, actually, managing the team. Uh, well, not managing, but. It's just being a uh, coordinating, helping one. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's now go to uh, the 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 phases phases of cardiac rehab. Is it still the same as before? Four phases. Well, uh, depending on where you are, uh-huh. it's anywhere between three to five. Mm-hmm. But, uh, the basic is just three. The basic is three. Um, you have inpatient program early recovery stage and the maintenance phase. Yeah. It only ever goes to five depending on whether uh, you have a third-party payer that only pays for uh, just the days at the start of the program and then after uh, the surgery, they let you go home regardless of whether you're stable or not. If you're not, then maybe you go to an intermediate care facility and any cardiac rehab that's done there may be yeah. phase 1B. Uh-huh. And then sometimes there's a difference between phase three and phase four, where a maintenance program is either monitored and unmonitored. Mm-hmm. So, but basically, phase one is uh, always inpatient. The patient is uh, acute. This is the acute care. Uh, uh, one day, two days post post event. Uh, they usually stay for about these days it's it's shorter now it's about five days one week at most 
but still here in the Philippines, if you get some complications, they you stay as long as you need to get ready to go home, mm-hmm. especially if you have money to do so. And healthcare here is much much cheaper, I guess. So right. it's easier to do. And then it usually takes about a week or two to get them adjusted at home, get their sleep back on track, uh, hopefully eat better. And then that's when they go back to phase two, phase two cardiac rehab. So even though a patient is sure to go to phase two, we still give home instructions because um, we want them to adjust to exercising at home, even though they're going to outpatient rehab. Right. And then outpatient program, well, um, it depends on where you are. Still, in our, in our program here, still a one-month program. But really, the ideal is about two to three months. But two to three months is expensive, not just the cost of the enrollment. It's the opportunity loss when you're not able to go to work. Right. And so our program has always been a compromise, especially since we handle patients from all over the country. So can't stay longer than a month and they have to go back to their provinces. And... For these patients, uh, well, for all patients, it's a one-month program and we encourage them to enroll in the maintenance, a supervised maintenance program. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a four-week program. And what is used in, in other countries, what they do is uh, they have a two to three week, a two to three times a week session, maybe two sessions of exercise, one uh, lecture. It's about, uh, each session is about an hour each. And it lasts about eight to twelve weeks. Here, um, it's a, a bit longer, about two to three hours per session, and there's an hour of lecture and then all the other exercise uh, in there. And we do it three times a week for four weeks. So we try to squeeze in as much as we can in one, so that hopefully after they graduate from the phase two program, they're able to uh, do most of it on. So that's really the goal of phase two. Aside from them to go back to work, we hopefully want them to learn how to do these uh, exercises safely at home, lifestyle changes, satisfactory modifications, and hopefully you know, get them to do it at home. And then if they want to enter into a maintenance program, uh, it starts whenever they want it to start. Usually it starts right away. But uh, sometimes they take a week, you know, just great maybe visit the family etc when they come back and then uh, in phase three the goal is really to if you know if it's not if they're not there yet if they're not there uh, able to mo- modify their exercises on their own you try to help them uh, you make empower them you, you get them to be as much as involved into in the progress of their exercises in deciding uh, for themselves, because by this time the protective phase uh, it takes about six weeks for the uh, surgical healing mm-hmm. to, to to be completed. So by this time you're done with that, so you can be more aggressive with the patient. And yeah, so well, I'd like to share something exciting that's been going on in the last, I guess, five, six, seven, maybe five, six years. Mm-hmm. So there, there has been a move to spread cardiac rehab throughout the country. So, you know, right around 2013-2012, the PhilHealth came up with a package called C-Benefit Package. And what it does is that if you're uh, undergoing a coronary artery bypass back, uh, 
garbage. Um, it basically pays for all all the costs. Well, almost depending on whether you want a private room or not. If you want a private room, you pay extra for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want a private doctor, you pay extra for that. But uh, it, the the basic is free. Wow. Uh, for that, if you qualify. And what this does is that uh, what what happened because of that is uh, they included cardiac rehab into the package. Mm-hmm. So anyone who's into the field uh, C benefit automatically gets uh, uh, phase one cardiac rehab into the package. Oh, so good. this increased the number of patients um, exposed to cardiac rehab. Mm-hmm. And basically, the, in, you can check any, any, uh, in most countries, the problem with the cardiac rehab and patient load is the is the lack of referral. So if mm-hmm. they don't refer, they'll get patients. But if they refer, the patients tend to enroll. And here, because it's an automatic referral, patients uh, are more likely to enroll in phase two as well. Mm-hmm. And another uh, effect of this is that uh, there's a move, of course, to have regional heart centers, to have uh, areas that can uh, because, of course, the cost of uh, doing your bypass in Cebu, if you're from Cebu, is cheaper than having to go to Manila to do that. And so they now have Vicente Soto offers CBEN, uh, uh, accepts CBEN packages for coronary artery bypass grafting. Um, there are, I think, several. There's one in Ilocos, one in uh, Baguio. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one in Bico. I think they're opening one in Batanga soon. So uh-huh. just uh, hopefully in a few more years, there's there will be more cardiac rehab facilities all around the country, and people will be able to have access to it uh, much, much better than what we have during our time. Mm-hmm. That's good because uh, we know that the the benefits of exercises after any cardiac event and and now being that. Uh, PhilHealth is including that in their package and, and the creation of more more and more um, heart, regional heart centers would really give access to other uh, people in, in, in other places. They don't have to like go to Manila and go to the Philippine Heart Center to do their uh, rehab there and their surgery yeah. there. Yeah, I... The and things the oh, yes, of sir. course because of that hopefully more PTs will be able to practice cardiac rehab as well. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, because uh, those things that I have learned in in CREP, I still apply here when I was in doing home health because I I, I I see a lot of um, cabbage patients uh, in because here as you mentioned patients get discharged early before they go to the outpatient um, outpatient cardiac rehab phase. So in between that, we see them in their homes and that's when we start the uh, home uh, cardiac rehab part before they enroll in, in, in the outpatient cardiac rehab. So yung mga natutunan ko sa CREP, I still apply it there. Kasi, 
um, you know, the goals is to to increase their tolerance in, in exercises so that when they come into the outpatient um, facility, they'll be ready. Tapos they know what to expect and and how they can monitor themselves. So, yun yung parang inpatient natin before or parang phase two natin before na they would go into tama ba? <laughs> they would they would start their their rehab in, yeah. in prep. <laughs> So yeah. So ngayon it's yung uh, yung home health na binabayaran din ng PhilHealth pa. Di ba? Kasi kailangan naman ng patient eh. It's not something that they don't need it. Uh-huh. They're just forced to do without it because you know, they most of them can pay for it. Right. Or even if they can, uh Maybe not a lot of PTs because if only a handful of people are willing to do it, then it's hard to find PTs who will specialize. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, is there, Mitchell, outside cardiac, but still, um, is there a move already with, with field health to really like cover physical therapy treatments? Uh, well, there's a move from uh, PTs. Trying to push uh, really from uh, the Philippine Physical Therapy Association, mm-hmm. uh, but of course this takes time because right. uh, policy is hard to change, especially if you don't have hard data to to support it. And so that's that's what we're trying to do mm-hmm. in the PP is to provide uh, feel help uh-huh. and it's with hard data to base to make good policy decision mm-hmm. and uh i think already um there are a lot of packages that uh is geared towards rehabilitation mm-hmm. um i'm i'm not aware of all the uh of all the available ones but i know for the fact that there are some for pedia some for ortho and prosthetics mm-hmm. and uh a few more uh so yeah, hopefully uh, in a few more years we'll have a more uh, rehab will be better supported, especially outpatient rehab because right now the tendency is uh, for fear to just support inpatient but not outpatient. Right. And what we both know or most PTs know that uh, it's more cost-effective to actually pay for the rehab than to have them recur and uh, get admitted again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what's what drives the policy. Yung um, data in the context of Filipino healthcare. So, because yeah. dito kasi there's a lot of data uh, uh, supporting the move of physical therapy being um, cost efficient than rather than hospitalization. So, yeah, hopefully they could. Uh, have that so that they would see the value of having physical therapy to reduce risk and address the, the conditions early. And to, you know, just get more people productive. Because, you know, burden din ang community and pagka mas madaming tao na may sakit hindi makapag-participate in community building. Right. Chai, if, if they know that the that telehealth is gonna uh I got pay for it. Mas mas mag magpaparticipate sila. Eh. Kasi parang ah okay, sagot para sa kanila. So, oh, sige, try natin. 
So um, you mentioned earlier that the, uh, the the cases that go into like cardiac rehab are, are those who have high risks, uh, those who are post uh, surgery. So, any common conditions that you handle in in cardiac rehab in your experience? Well, the most common one, of course, is um, coronary artery disease mm-hmm. when they. Uh, undergo coronary artery bypass graft. So most of them are cabbage patient, those cabbage. And some of them are post-AMI or MI or uh, post-PCI uh, stenting. Although, uh, the reason why we get more cabbage than those other two is because uh, most of the time they feel as if they're okay and they can go back. But then, um, what, what tends to happen is then eventually uh, undergo cabbage and they become our patients in the future. So uh, we're hoping we can prevent the cabbage down the line, but uh, it's a slow process to get them in. Right. Aside from that, uh, here in the Philippine Heart Center, because, well, it is the Philippine Heart Center, we get a lot of other type of patients that other cardiac rehab facilities here in the country probably don't get uh, congenital heart diseases, mm-hmm. uh, not just the run of the mid ASD and VSD closure, atrial septal or ventricular septal, but uh, the tetralogy of follow, uh, Marfan's syndrome, syndrome. Mm-hmm. and of course, valvular heart diseases, uh, either because of RHD or other causes. Uh, and then heart failure, uh, for whatever cause, either CAT, sometimes idiopathic, sometimes uh, valvular. Uh, we get some of those too, but of course, uh, well, there's a push to, to get more to get them more access. But I that's one of the reasons why we want, hopefully, in the future for field health to go over home health because some of these heart failure patients, uh, might be better served by you know having a PT go visit them at home and uh, supervise and exercise than coming here because it's. I guess it depends. I, like if maybe if in the province it's easier to go to to the facility, then maybe it's better for them to go to the facility. Mm-hmm. But here, if you live even if you live in Makati and you just have to go to QC, it takes a couple of hours to do that. And right. you know, a heart failure patient will tire before they get there. Mm-hmm. So those I, I those are primarily the type of patients. Although we get non-cardiac patients as well. Though, well, let me clarify. Um, for example, uh, peripheral arterial occlusive disease. So mm-hmm. technically, uh, it's not a cardiac mm-hmm. problem, but most of them have cardiac problems as well, mm-hmm. and the, the same risk factors. And so they usually refer the uh, peripheral arterial occlusive patient to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes a uh, patient with uh, cardiovascular risk factor, and, but they have pulmonary problems, that sometimes they get referred to us as well. But these are less common. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I remember w- when I rotated there. That's the it's the first time I heard uh, the the valve replacement, the sound of a valve, <laughs> the artificial valve. So we're not going to hear that. Then um, I had a patient with uh, cardiomegaly that was very unique and and. Very interesting, talaga yung um, to handle 
patients with, with cardiac conditions. Um, in your practice, what what's the difference in in, in handling um, cardiac patients to other population? What what's the general considerations? I like to think that uh, it's 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 maybe uh, more of the same, except of course. We always treat patients differently depending on you know you, the way you assess them. Mm-hmm. But uh, here in, in in heart center, I guess well for one thing we are able to actually practice the group exercise uh, that I can, I only read about in school because uh, most patients don't have any particular weakness that. Uh, that will prevent them from participating in group exercises. So we able to do that. Uh, something crossed my mind earlier, but I forgot what it is. Uh, well, of course, we, we work more closely with with the attend uh, well, not the attending physician, but with uh, physicians in general. Because although technically you think that in, in a different setting, it, it will be the same, but it's it's not. They give you the prescription. They expect you to do it yourself, and then you know receive appropriate notes or uh, uh, discharge notes after six sessions. But here um, we work closely with the other members of the team. Um, you get to say, like you said, you get the input on what to do with the patient, right. uh, and the patient gets an input as well uh, because during you, you have discussions during rounds mm-hmm. so uh, these are these all pay a factor in uh, the recovery of patients and ah I, I remember that I that really uh, attracted me with cardiac rehab is how fast the, the turnaround time is like in one month or two months you can see a Huge improvement to the patient, and of course, it's not fair to compare because mm-hmm. it's a different disease, mm-hmm. and it's not like they're cured after one month. But you know, mm-hmm. it's it's just gratifying to be able to uh, effect so much change in so short a time. So mm-hmm. it's right. one of the things that, uh, yeah, that attracted you there. Yeah, I remember I mean, when I I started there. We usually go do rounds in the morning. And we we have like our own um, set of patients, and uh, for each patient, the doctor would ask us what what's the status of the patient, nasanas as a protocol, what is he able to do, how long is he able to walk, and stuff like that. And that's that's where I really felt that there's collaboration between the disciplines. Yeah. That was also I remember na that's also where I learned to really listen to a patient because when we do um, when we do groups we always ask them like we, when they do laps we also ask them so anong nasa po nasa na po kayo sa RPE nakakatawa like because you really value their feedback and they know that you're listening to them so that's why I enjoyed cardiac rehab you know, the patient go there. So so you, you mentioned that the things that you liked about cardiac rehab and what attracted you there. And so um in, in your 
experience there, what are the challenges naman, um, that you encountered in, in your uh, practice? Uh, well, because huh, I'm sure there are a lot of challenges. Uh, hard to think of one right now. The, the first thing that comes to mind is really patient load. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, this is not as much a problem right now, mm-hmm. but uh, because it's hard to predict, but it's the same thing with their rehab specialties, right? It's hard to predict when a bulk of patients will suddenly appear. Like if uh, a good number of people uh, has a heart attack or uh, has garbage or they get referred, um, just the fact that they get referred, and you know you have to adjust to that, and uh, you can say uh, it's it's not really optional to reschedule them some other day because uh, it's the recovery is uh, very time specific. You don't want well again it's the same with other with other specialties, but that's mostly the challenge that we have uh, patient load. Um, Sometimes, well, you really have to study. You have to understand what's going on with your patient because sometimes they don't respond well with the exercise. Right. And you have to figure out what you can do to uh, to adjust to the, to the, to the symptoms, to, the, to what the patient is. And you have to be able to communicate with the physicians as well mm-hmm. what's going on. So sometimes we have patients who always come here, the resting blood pressure is too high. And so you have to be able to communicate those information with the attending physician mm-hmm. so that uh, medications can be adjusted. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you get you have to get the patient to buy into the program because, well, sometimes we encounter difficult patients. I guess it's the same everywhere. But you encounter difficult patients who think, uh, what you're doing is not, it's not the, uh, oh, well, it's not medical. It's not, because you're just exercising, mm, right? But, okay. Uh, not using any modality to, because they think that if you're using a machine, then maybe that's how they're getting better. better yeah. In fact, it's really the exercise that, mm. you know, that helps them get better. But it's hard to, to, get people away from that idea. So those are mo- mo- mostly the, the challenge, I think, mm-hmm. top of my head. Have you had any patients um, that had uh, uh, an event during uh, uh, the phases of the, the cardiac rehab, like fainting or... or yeah, of course, of um, course. Well, I've been here 16 years. Mm-hmm. So... But it's it's not as often as you'd think. You'd, uh-huh. you'd think we'd see a lot of people uh, having a phone while exercising. Uh-huh. But uh, if you do your risk stratification properly, mm-hmm. if you evaluate patient, um, tell them uh, to, well, instruct them really to mm-hmm. tell you if something's going on, if they're not feeling well. Mm-hmm. So you can advise. But yeah, we've had... Um, I guess at least once we somebody uh, we had to to do advanced cardiac life support here uh, mm-hmm. while doing exercise. The patient just felt dizzy. I had arrhythmia, 
And, you know, not really fainted, but just we had to lay him down. And it turns out he was having an arrhythmia. And so, um, but we were ready for stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the more common issue that we get is uh, people whose heart rate or blood pressure uh, does not go back to resting level after exercise. Mm. And so we monitor that uh, for as long as is practical. So 5, 10, 15 minutes, mm-hmm. up to a half, half an hour. If it does not, and meanwhile, of course, we call the we try to call the attending physician, mm-hmm. uh, try to communicate the problem. Sometimes they, if the attending physician is there, they just ask us to bring the patient back to their clinic mm-hmm. and they will manage the patient. Sometimes they will ask us to give uh, certain medications and we do that. Of course, through the doctors, because we have doctors here right. uh, with, with the program. And then if uh, that, that that does not work, sometimes you just uh, bring them to the emergency room uh, and uh, they get managed there until they're well and go home. Because sometimes it, it requires medication. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> mostly those are the sorts yes. of emergencies we have. So for that case, it's maganda din talaga you, you go into a, a cardiac rehabilitation program so that you would know how much you can like push yourself in terms of uh, activities and, and exercises, at least with like if you're inside a program and that happens, at least everyone's gonna take care of you, uh, as uh, as opposed to if you're doing by by yourself and without any guidance and you try to push yourself too fast and too too uh, too heavy, then sinong um, it's gonna be too late. So yeah, so it's it's that's why magandang you'd be in a um, yeah. and at the very least you get guidance because mm-hmm. you know if it turns out you're low risk and then you'll be able to do a lot more confidently right. and safe by yourself and mm-hmm. uh, you won't have to worry but uh, for most patients uh, they're not low risk uh, it's, it's a reason why they're here mm-hmm. so it's better that they know the limits mm-hmm. right so uh, in, in your years of practice in cardiac rehab what have you uh, learned or, or uh, yeah, that you picked up there that you you continually share your students. Mm. I'm not sure. I, I, I mean, I, I learned a lot of things uh-huh. over the years. I'm uh-huh. just not sure which ones are. Uh, well, you work with people, it's always people. Um, well, this is we always say this. Uh, uh, in any setting, but you treat the patient, not the numbers. So, is it is it really important whether it's uh, the blood pressure is one forty or ninety or one fifty or ninety? Perhaps for the doctor who prescribes the antihypertensive, yes. But uh, for us, we re- we look at the patient, how they respond to the exercise, and we treat them as such. Um, you work with people, so that means you're not just working with the patient, you're working with the relatives. And so you have to get them to buy into the program as well. Uh, some patients, uh, some relatives are uh, too careful or uh, they don't want to let their patients do anything. And that's bad because uh, that limits the progression. Yeah, but on the, in contrast, there are some uh, relatives who don't care. Uh, they don't do anything to the patient unless you know, you're there to do it for them 
-huh. and that's bad as well because the, it will slow down the recovery of the patient if they do move mm -hmm. with it just because you and you work with uh, other members of the healthcare team mm -hmm. uh, so you want them to feel part they, they should be able to communicate their observation and not rely on just you know being asked whether uh, what's happening they have to be able to come to you or come to the other members of the team and that's a and I think that's really a culture thing uh, working with people valuing uh, relationships and getting everybody involved mm -hmm. and I think any any specialty would benefit from having a, a better relationship with each other and with their patients and with other stakeholders I remember when you were saying that okay. that we were having we were having classes before for the uh, patients that they we can that we can ask them to invite their um, relatives so that they can listen to the the lectures as well. So like we had yeah. classes about like diet, smoking cessation, and I I remember vividly there was a I think there was a, a seminar about. Um, returning to uh, sexual activities and like oh yeah. right this is important for patients this is uh, something that we should be able to talk about so that's uh, it's good that um, like with those programs patient education that patients are able to really communicate what their concerns are to the team and the team can address that right then and there so that like they can also share their stories with each other and have that support I right, sure. Uh, so uh, for for those uh, physical therapists who are interested in, in the field who who want to go into cardiac rehabilitation, so what what can you advise them? Mm, well, aside from making sure that uh, you're well versed with your physiology and X. These are basic things. Right? Mm -hmm. I think most of us um, enjoyed those part of uh, the curriculum because, and, and they will form part of your uh, uh, skills that you will use regardless of whether you end up with cardiac rehab or uh, other other types of specialization. Mm -hmm. uh, aside from that, um, well right now we don't have any certification courses for this just right. try to get involved try to gain experience uh, mm -hmm. there are more cardiac rehab facilities now mm -hmm. and hopefully uh, there's one near you mm -hmm. um, just here in uh, Metro Manila we have St. Luke's uh, E. Rodriguez St. Luke's Global City they both have cardiac rehab uh, the medical city has cardiac rehab I haven't seen it, but I know that PGH uh, has cardiac rehab and Cardinal Santos has cardiac rehab. Um, Makati Medical Center has cardiac rehab. And there are a lot more facilities now offering cardiac rehab here, just here in the metro. And um, they're offering it now in Ilocos, like I said, Baguio. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we'll soon. Um, Cebu, uh, there's a good program in Cebu. Aside from, uh, in, in, as I, I mentioned, Vicente Soto earlier, but Chonghua is a really good uh, cardiac rehab facility. So uh, there are a lot more. Uh, 
I recently they opened one in CDO. Uh, one of the fellows who trained here uh, actually moved there, started a program there. Uh-huh. So it's it's getting along. It's in expanding. fact, the demand for it is increasing. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, some of our PTs who wants to be in cardiac rehab will. Uh, UST is actually. Uh, formalizing their program soon. Oh, really? So wow. they might be looking for a PT. <laughs> they might be looking for a PT soon. So mm-hmm. uh, just, you know, gain experience. Gain experience. Um, and don't be afraid to just, you know, get yourself out there. It's, it's, hope, hopefully you find yourself in a situation where uh, people work together harmoniously and you know just build each other uh, like I was lucky enough to uh, experience here mm-hmm. because uh, what was I? I was a fresh graduate when I entered here and uh, most of the things that I know now I learned on the job and mm-hmm. with people supporting me, um, giving me opportunities to grow and then you know and there we are mm-hmm. Right. So with the with the um, push for specialization in the Philippines, um, is there any uh, project cooking up in uh, the cardiac rehab world of like coming up with a like residency program for physical therapists or? Well, uh, well like the PPT, uh-huh. the PPT has been trying to push for specialization mm-hmm. for a few years. And one of the vehicles uh, the PPT is using is the special interest groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, so aside from, uh, so they, they were able to revive, we were able to revive a lot of uh, specialization, um, the strongest right now, in my opinion, because I'm part of it, is the educator special interest group. Uh, but aside from that, uh, uh, there's a good, the, the, they're very active in the community-based rehab Mm-hmm. Uh, interest group. Uh, they've revived the uh, orthopedic. I think uh, you must have spoken to to Billy Bautista. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, on PT. Mm-hmm. And then um, there's uh, Neuro and Jeria. And mm-hmm. hopefully, and so this is where I segue. I, I've been trying to put up a cardiac rehab SIG since uh, 2013. Mm-hmm. Uh, the field health see benefiting well I started earlier but uh, there was really no, not a lot of PT practicing so there was very little interest mm-hmm. um, we went to compromise once and just called it exercise SIG to uh-huh. have more people. yeah but we're not there yet and unfortunately I'm a little bit more busy now mm-hmm. but uh, I'm training my pe- the, the, the my team here and hopefully uh, one of some of them can take up the cultures and uh, spearhead the, the SIG. Right. I'm sure there are a lot more PTs interested now because uh, there are a lot more PTs practicing cardiac rehab. Mm-hmm. But aside from the PPTA, uh, there's also the Cardiac Rehab Society of the Philippines. Although this is more uh, cardiologist-based. So uh, the prime mover of the Cardiac Rehab Society of the Philippines are uh-huh. uh, cardiologists. But they are also... Um, they involve other uh, professions into the practice. So 
there are nurses there, of course. Uh, there are rehab doctors there, aside from cardiologists. And of course, there are PTs. A lot of uh, the attendees in the annual workshop are actually physical therapists. And they, the, they are adjusting to, to this by uh, inviting actually PTs to, to deliver talk. Yeah. I gave a lecture just last, I think it was June. Mm-hmm. And there are, I, the president now of the Cardiac Rehab Society of the Philippines is actually an alumni of the USDCRS. Uh, well, he go on to medicine and he is a cardiologist specializing mm-hmm. in cardiac rehab. But he is also a PT, one much higher from me. So hopefully... Uh, this means that a lot more uh, members of the allied healthcare uh, get a part in, in, in the program and get recognized. And, you know, we develop that part of cardiac. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. So um, thank you, Sir Sir Art, for uh, giving us a glimpse of what cardiac rehab is and what uh, the roles are of physical therapists in terms of uh, rehabilitation of cardiac patients with risk factors and post-surgery. So I just have my last three bites before I let you go. My last three questions for you. Um, so my, the first question is, um, because the, 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 the name of the podcast is PT Meal. It's a complete meal of uh, information and insights. So the first question is, if your life is a dish, what type of dish would that be? Uh, <laughs> my life? Uh, or as, as a cardiac practitioner or just me? Uh, it's up to you, sir. Your life, your professional life, life in general. Uh, no. <laughs> I guess it's uh I don't know if you've ever tried a poke bowl. Oh, uh, I think it's a help. Fish? Yeah, it's uh raw tuna and salmon uh-huh. and uh-huh. salad and sometimes you get some rice in there. Uh-huh. It's refreshing, it's uh, healthy mm-hmm. and it's uh very nourishing. So uh-huh. maybe all right. So <laughs> <laughs> question number two is again um pertain it can pertain to your life in general or your uh, professional life. So question number two is what's your recipe for success? A recipe for success. I'm not sure I'm the person to talk about success. I'm not sure how successful I am. But um, one of the things that I do is to just put myself out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not afraid to to volunteer, to do things, to, to be part of something. Mm-hmm. And I find that when you put yourself out there, when you volunteer when you take on leadership roles or even volunteer roles, you grow as a person, as a professional. You learn things as you do it. And more importantly, you meet people who are passionate about things. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. passionate about things that you might be interested in as well. And uh, you develop friendships that will help you, you know, become a better person or realize a part of you that uh, you did not you, you did not think you would ever get to. So, mm-hmm. you know, just put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like what you said there because uh, probably a lot of people are um, shy in, in trying to reach out to, to other uh, people in their network. But yeah, if, if you put yourself out there, you, you, you never know what would happen. So uh, it, just try. <laughs> That's it. Uh, it's a good one so my last question is um, what are the three ingredients that make up Sir Art King <laughs> so it can be uh, ah. <laughs> a motto it can be uh, a principle that you believe in a virtue so what makes up you um I believe in people. I think that uh, you should do uh, work with. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes people let you down. Sometimes uh, you let them down. But it's it's the best resource that we have. The people around us, you know, just don't trust them. Work with them. Uh, learn from them. Be their friend. And I think uh, th- that's important, you know, just number one. It's, it's the people around us who makes us better. Mm-hmm. And number two is um, we need to become better leaders. We, it's, it's really, whether you plan to become the president of the Philippines or, you know, you want to stay where you are. Right. It's important to develop your leadership. And that's the part of what I've been saying earlier when, you know, just put yourself out there it's it's you know uh, taking opportunities uh available and not being afraid to to fail mm-hmm. is you know no one likes to fail i don't like right. to fail mm-hmm. it's sometimes it's part of it so just you know uh fail fast and uh, get up and you know do something else see if it's something that will happen mm-hmm. and and uh, number three is, uh, I guess, is something that I hope to be a part of me. Mm-hmm. Is uh, I hope to be someone who uh, is not afraid to uh, take on new adventures. Mm. So it's easier when you're younger because uh, you know uh, nobody expects a lot of a lot from you and you know if you go and do this and it works out then good mm-hmm. but uh, more and more when you you get used to doing the same thing over and over again mm-hmm. it's easier to just continue doing that mm-hmm. and so I hope that I'm able to to escape uh, the inertia address mm-hmm. and just be able to get out of my seat and explore the world around me so that's that's an ingredient that I very much hope to be part of who I am uh, moving forward. All right. So believe in people, uh, become good leaders. I, I like that one because anybody can be a leader, even though you're not like holding a position or authority. You can still become a leader. And it's uh, it's, it's it's good to have members who 
it's it's good to have team members who wants to have the team succeed and those are the leaders you want right leading from uh as a member leading from yeah servant right. leadership i think is what they call yeah even though you don't yeah even though if you have your own role you're not you don't have a position but you're a member you lead with what you have what what is assigned to you so that's that's where you take command so yeah and the third one that you said is not be afraid to to go to adventures yeah trying out things new things that's that's good all right so again, thank you very much, Sir Art. And uh, as a, a takeaway, pabao natin sa listeners, uh, what is one thing that you want the audience to take away from our conversation today? Well, I hope you find an opportunity to at least experience cardiac rehab, hopefully not as a patient. Uh, <laughs> yeah, especially if you're a PT because, uh, or even a different healthcare professional because it's, uh, it changes your perspective. It, helps uh, change the way you practice, I hope. And hopefully that's something that will be better for all of us um, in, in the profession. And it's really a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, sir, again, for, for being here, sharing your time with us and in your experience in cardiac rehab. And again, uh, giving us a glimpse in, uh, of what cardiac rehab is. So, yeah. Thank you again, sir. Thank you, thank you. So that's another serving of Eat Meal Physical Therapy Podcast. Do uh, check us again next week for another episode. If you have any uh, comments, suggestions, feedback about the show, about the episode, kindly uh, send me an email, ptmealpodcast at gmail.com or send a private message in my social media accounts, ptmeal uh, physical therapy podcast in uh, Facebook and Instagram. All right, until next week, see ya.